0: Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? I'm
1: good. I'm super woke right now. Just,
0: just like generally speaking, you've yeah, been just, doing a lot of like pop culture, indeed. BuzzFeed article, listicle <laughs> reading, <laughs> yeah, no, binging I'm on Vice News. It, and just like getting with it,
1: it yeah, a lot of, a lot of, uh, Madow and yeah, yeah, Huffington Post. No, I'm, uh, I'm well. Yeah, it, it feels it feels like we're in a season, some sort of like repetitive motion doldrum season like i feel like i'm in a rut like we're about to pop out of this rut
0: i don't know that's adulthood and parenthood my friend yeah <laughs> i think that it, it west turns 18 and like six years <laughs>
1: no, yeah no not quite eight eight
0: years, eight years. okay yeah. so uh you are eight years away from popping out of the rut yeah
1: perhaps um i, I don't know i mean it just work and everything has just felt like it's also could be called being in a groove. Don't be negative. You're in a rhythm. It's working. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it does feel a little negative. Um, but no. I'm I'm fine. I'm good, in fact. There's nothing wrong. Uh, we're drinking scotch tonight. I this is certainly not the most expensive scotch I've ever had, but it is it is up there in terms of money. This is Royal Salute 21. It's a shivus Scotch. It's in a ceramic, a blue sort of a cobalt blue ceramic (laughs) bottle. Um, It's a signature blend and it celebrates the it celebrates something about the British.
0: So they're celebrating the royal
1: salute. Yeah. Um, I've had I've had a, a finger of this already. I'll, why don't you we, taste
0: it? Yeah, yeah. It can buy itself. What's that? It can it can buy itself. It's yeah. twenty one. That's it. Yeah, no, that's that's right. a thing. Yeah. It, it, it's certainly
1: one of the oldest scotches I've ever had. What would you do if I just shot it? Just <laughs> right down the hatch. Yeah. Um it, yeah, I, I don't know what I think about it. It is it's definitely big. It's a big bold. Rash. It's not particularly peaty. It's definitely got just
0: really lightly peated. Yeah, that's really smooth though.
1: Super smooth. Uh, I mean, I mean that comes. Yeah, that comes
0: by way of being aged for over Mm -hmm. two decades. Um, I like it. It's it's big. It's big. It's only uh, this is a little hot for being twenty one. It's kind of surprisingly hot. Eighty proof.
1: Yeah. Doesn't that isn't that surprising? It is really uh, almost offensively hot. Like. Wild Turkey 101 hot, but only 80 proof, which surprised me. Like, where's that heat? Where's that alcohol burn coming Hmm. from? It's got like a little bit of an ethanol finish. I don't know. It's interesting. I'm kind of into it. Um, I wouldn't buy it.
0: I don't think I would either. I'm super happy drinking it,
1: though. (laughs) Same. Same. It was a gift, and it was a a loving gift, and it's interesting, and I like trying new things. Uh, I don't think I'd buy it either.
0: Mm -mm. I don't think I'd buy it. I don't think I'd even buy like like a, a pour of it.
1: Yeah, it, it is not, it's not my style of scotch.
0: No, it's not quite mine either, but I super like it, though. That's the interesting thing. Yeah. I don't know if I have anything to compare it to. Me either. But I've had a lot of scotches, and I'm like, hmm, I really like this, and I now know that I shouldn't ever buy this bottle.
1: Yeah, it, it's big, It's big. like, I mean, no, no, know. we don't talk about scotch on this show. It, it's big in a way that I would expect, like, from a Lafroig or something... But um, minus the p minus the, the smoke. Pee. Yeah. yeah there is there is but a smokiness to it but mm-hmm. yeah hmm. it's just a really weird it's good I, I enjoy drinking it
0: this this drinks like a a daily driver
1: <laughs> it does it it actually reminds me a little bit of the special famous grouse I can't remember what they're not the black grouse but
0: hmm.
1: anyway. Uh, but much better. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew, mm-hmm. how are you?
0: I'm good. I've had, you know, <laughs> good. I am. Yeah. I had my like normal weekend and today I had a, a weird showdown with my seven year old over laundry because we had a laundry basket filled with socks and I was like, I've been doing laundry for hours. You're going to assist in this. And he had like, hit a moment. And just sat in a pile of socks and said, I hate my life. <laughs> and I was that like, kid. go and learn today. <laughs> so that just kind of set the, the pace and tone for the rest of my night. So I'm a little off <clears throat> on the rest of my night because he, uh, he did learn. Um, not in that moment, but we'll learn over the, the next week or so um, what it means to like actually have to do things. So
1: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: it just, cre- it created a hard tone in the house for the rest of the night.
1: There's, there's that, you, you know, he's in that age where the, the chores that are pretty minuscule are feeling like really overwhelming, especially, you know, socks, socks are one of those things, man. You and start with the socks. Yeah. It's like, uh, this is never going to end and it will.
0: Yeah. But when, you know, one of the things I told him, I was like, look around at the mountains of laundry that surround you. <laughs> You didn't have to do any of that.
1: You're going to you be okay. This, you
0: have this small mountain in front of you. And in fairness, folding socks sucks. Which is also why I insist that you wear paired socks. Because it makes it easier. Because we can be sure. We'll,
1: we'll get that through this together. That,
0: that socks friend is in the laundry with it.
1: We'll get through this together.
0: Meanwhile, he's wearing mismatched. Like not even the same. Like not just mismatched socks. But different lengths. <laughs> like, socks, one's like an up ankle, to the knee. Yeah, and one's, one's an like ankle sock no-show. and one's mid-calf. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'm just a little bit, I'm a little bit, you know, just a little off. Well, if, if it
1: makes you feel better, you look really
0: good. I do. I have an unexpected long weekend beard. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh Andrew, we're gonna talk about watches today, if that's all right. We with did you. we
0: got there at uh oh it's seven minutes.
1: Yeah, time-stamped, uh fail. Uh in any event, we're gonna talk about watches. I insist. At this point, I insist because we, we developed an episode and, and I say this more frequently, I feel like in the last handful of episodes than, than in the many, many episodes before that, but this is an old school episode. Yeah. We, we've gone back to our roots and, and we we were challenged by a couple of people and we've decided to kind of revisit some of these. Andrew, you've been the driving force behind these show topics and I appreciate you for it because these are fun. I remember why we did this and I remember how much fun it was we're going to talk about the objectively best dive watch under $1,000 today.
0: We are, and we've uh, we found it. We,
1: I think, well, I, I mean, we found a few. We found some candidates.
0: We found many candidates. Yeah. Can I talk about the framing of it? Yeah,
1: let's let's do that.
0: So those of you who, uh, who, who've been around for a while, you know that we uh, are data-loving research-driven people. (laughs) And through that, we developed... We're all
1: about the specs. We're pixel peepers.
0: Yeah. We developed a foolproof, scientific... Infallible. Infallible, perfect, objective scorecard by which to judge a watch. As a reminder, first category is water resistance. One point for every 10 meters up to 110 meters. Because north of 110, you don't need it. Yeah, So you get up to 11
1: points. I I would rephrase that. One point for every 10 meters up to 100. Yes. And then one point for anything additional. For for any gravy. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I would frame
0: that. Okay. Size. From 39 to 41 is a perfect 10. Each watch or a watch will lose one point for every half millimeter off of that window, that range, movement, out of 10. Graded on decoration, choice of movement, power reserve, serviceability, hmm. the whole, the movement, that's where we think about, well, what are you using to power this watch? The shoes, the bracelet, strap, options, size, fixed lugs knot, quick release knot. Fit and finish. Fit and finish. You know, I had some watches that lost points because they were weird-sized bracelets mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. integrated. Integrated bracelets lose a lot of points for me.
1: Mm-hmm. And and they they might not for me. Mm-hmm.
0: The aesthetics. That's the overall objective judgment <laughs> of the design Objectively. of the watch. <laughs> durability. And this is kind of a wiggly space. Durability is, you know, it gets actual durability, right? The... Tegmented watches score a little bit. They they get some points there. Yeah. We also consider the versatility of the watch. We also consider like is this a one trick pony? Yeah. Like your proplof is not going to have a whole lot of durability points for me.
1: Yeah, and, and it probably would for me. You you know the 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 durability <clears throat> score is a tough one, and we may need to at some point rethink it. I, I struggled with it in this episode because y- y- you know some of the things that we rate watches on um come with with di- different ideas about durability like for instance a sapphire crystal gets good marks for durability because that's that is durable but also uh an acrylic crystal gets good marks for durability because you can buff it yeah like, and, and, and it's less buff. shatter prone and and so th- that's a tough one yeah
0: loom what type of loom are they using how is the loom not just not I'm not talking about like painted on I'm talking about the life of the loom, what are the loom plots sizing, are they in weird places, are they doing something cool or unique, like Tritloom does really well for me, but it loses a point, because it will just die like it, that's just a thing, when you buy Tritium, you know that it will just eventually die and you have to replace the entire dial, which also then has an impact on durability,
1: but it may also gain a point because it's got like sexy different colors.
0: Yes. So it's, it's a little bit tricky and then here's, but it's objective. Here is the only non objective category and it's only worth five points. So everything I talked to before loom, 10 points, excluding water resistance up to 11 points, loom, five points, X factor, five points. X factors, where we get a little bit of like, how does this speak to me? Yeah, I think this is still objective, though. Is this, how cool is this? <laughs> how not cool is this? Yeah. Is it boring? Yeah. Is it, is it a rip of something? That's the only one that I would accept any kind of argument about the non objective rating scale, an X factor. Because inherently, an X factor is. Closer to subjective than objective. <laughs> it's, yeah, but it's it's still objective. It's purely objective. Yeah, yeah. So we have our rating scale. Um,
1: Look, well, do you, do you mind if I go through really quick the the list of nominees here?
0: Well, we have I, we still haven't even done it. Well, let's, I, we, let's just I, so I framed this episode around kind of on piggybacking on our episode from a couple of weeks ago on our favorite divers under a thousand. It's like we talked about some of our favorites, and so now it's time to like really dive into it. And we expanded the list quite a bit. Yeah, and we we re, like really sussed out those those things in the space. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about the nominees.
1: Yeah. So so it, it, just to kind of blast through these, right? Yeah. Um. And and, and notably, you said, hey, I don't want to worry about new inbox availability, yes. anything like that. Let's just go through these. These are watches we know watches that at some point in the last handful of years you could have bought watches that you can still probably get today if you hunt a little bit mm-hmm. um and and so pricing being what it is these are all generally available or were available brand new in box for under a thousand dollars and you can still get them today if not brand new in box then probably like new still for under a thousand dollars so just from the top in no specific order the christopher ward c60 trident pro 300 a new watch mm-hmm. and, and we reviewed the 40 40 millimeter model the khaki the hamilton khaki navy scuba also mm-hmm. in the 40 millimeter iteration mm-hmm. that's important to note the doxa sub 200 mm-hmm. the Astor bank sea ranger the notice avalon 2 the emg nemo the raven trekker the seiko samurai the king turtle oh by the way the raven trekker 39 the newer one yeah the, the king turtle the Seiko Solar Paddy, I think it's the SNE 035.
0: Uh, 435.
1: 435. Yeah. The Scurfa D1, mm-hmm. the Kamasu, the 11 Atmos Skin Diver, the Neptune, the Laurier Neptune, the Casio MDV 106, the Helios Fairwind, the Dan Henry 1970 in the 40 millimeter iteration, the MK2 Paradive Mark III, the Notice Sector Dive for skin diver and the Trasca free driver. So these are, this is obviously,
0: I also scored the Squala 1521 and the Vair D seven.
1: Okay. Sure.
0: And the Vero crown point.
1: So the, this is obviously not an exclusive list. It's a big list though. It is this in the amount of time this takes you guys is <laughs> incredible. What, what do you, I mean, I think I have four hours into this
0: easy. Yeah. Just scoring, like not just not just scoring, not, not just even developing watches, of the list. not like like recall. Oh no, we need to look at that. We need to look at that. And this represents just the watches that we felt worth scoring. Yeah, right. Not the watches that are like, oh, that's a baller watch, but it's also forty-eight millimeters. It's not going to score well enough to hold up against. Yeah, this scientifically mm-hmm. perfect scoring rubric.
1: Yeah, that that that's right. And, and so and so with that. We've identified six watches. We've identified six watches that are all going to make the list. Now, four of these watches we've agreed were our four highest scoring watches. We've got consensus. Yeah. There are four watches, consensus picks, and then two watches.
0: They were our four highest scoring watches for both of us.
1: That's right. Yeah. And then there were two watches on the list that... That on, on balance are very good contenders, but for each of us, we're as high as the other four, you know, for either of us. So one of these is Andrew's very high pick. One of these mm-hmm. is my very high pick. And the other didn't score poorly either. And we'll go into the specifics of that. But you've heard the list. I say we start at the bottom of our consensus and work our way
0: up as one does when announcing a winner of the objectively best x under x that's right
1: that's right yeah and and so starting with our non consensus picks how about that yes and and i'll kick this off because i think so just to just to get just to get the rubber on the road i've scored this watch At a 62. For context, my highest scoring watch today was a 63.5. So this is very close. This is the Halios Fairwind. Now, Andrew, you scored this quite a bit lower, but I'm going to walk through my Mm -hmm. scoring on this. So water resistance, that's an 11. Size, that's a 10. Movement. Now, I believe this comes with the SW200-1. It gets an 8.0. For me, I give an SW200-1 an 8. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave bracelet a 9, and this is where it loses points for you. Yep The the Halios Fairwind Bracelet is best in the biz. I, I mean, it's up there with Mantas, It's up there with the best Christopher Ward's in terms of feel and function. The quick-release functionality on this thing is absolutely nuts. And so I gave it very high marks on bracelet. I gave it a nine on aesthetics because this watch is a stunner in my mind. I gave it a nine on durability. It's got all the things, right? It's got ceramic. It's got Sapphire, uh, very high marks. Luma gets a four, which is, a, an above average good score. You've got to have something special to get over a four in my book, like Indiglo. <laughs> and for X factor, I gave it a four. Cause this is a fucking cool watch that comes out to 62 points. And again, this is the third highest watch on my list overall. And it's only just a point and a half be- behind my very, oh no, fourth highest watch on my list. And just a point and a half behind my highest, which is huge. Now, Andrew, you gave this a less high score, but still a very high score. Talk yes, us through it.
0: It's, so my score is a 59 on this.
1: Which is, which is good, which is very,
0: very, very good. Very good, right? Again, one of the higher scoring watches on my list. It lost points for me in the bracelet, durability, and X-Factor. And those were really critical points when we're averaging out our scores to decide on our highest scoring watches.
1: So, so gr- the <clears throat> grumbles, I can hear them. I can hear people okay. at home grumbling right now. Grumble away. Regarding, so, so let's come back to
0: bracelet. Durability. Talk me through, here's my thinking on durability. This is, obviously it's got, it's got sapphire, it's got ceramic, it's got all the things. In my mind, this durability is also the versatility. This is a tool watch. The hard angles on it make it very tool watchy for me. And it kind of paints it into the tool watch corner but it's not a tool watch because the ceramic and the brushing make it really elegant and beautiful and it's just it's it just didn't, it didn't do it for me in the in the like go anywhere do anything idea that it is part of durability for me
1: nonsense uh, in accept. any event bracelet talk me
0: through it i don't like the spacing on the bracelet like when you look at look at the the profile view when it's on the wrist the chamfers on the links. Wait. Okay. Here, I'll just hand you my phone. The chamfer on the links is just a bit of a miss for me, and they're just too big. It almost makes it look like a like a ladder bracelet, right? Like there's there's a there's a space in there. I know there's not, but the way those chamfers work together, though they are beautiful, and when it's flat, it's amazing. In wear, it's just it's a. T- just it loses a point for me it's not going to get the full the full score and when we're when we're nitpicking down to you know the difference between a point that's the kind of stuff that i'm looking at like that just that that isn't quite what i want
1: so not not an honorable mention this is on our official list of six this is not an honorable mention this is in the list Mm -hmm. it is our number six spot actually it's our number five spot Mm mm-hmm um, and so the Halios Fairwind, right? These yeah. are not these are not available, and they're not,
0: and they won't be for a very long
1: time. And and they're not exactly uh, inexpensive in the grand world of watches. How however, seven hundred and seventy five bucks is a fucking steal for this watch, I, and I, I think you would with agree that. with yep, that. 100%. Um, this is perhaps one of the best values in low-end luxury watches. Mm-hmm. Um, quality is going to be better than anything you can buy from Tissot or Tag Heuer, oh. I would venture to say. Um, yeah, I, I was well, certainly in that range, right? Yeah, okay, in that range. C- cer- I certainly... I in like well, the maybe <laughs> the under you know twenty five hundred dollar yes. range, I I don't think there's another watch short of Monta that compares with this under twenty five hundred. No,
0: definitely, it, it's certainly punching out of its league in the way of pricing.
1: And, and and I'll I'll go on to say, I suspect this watch is probably slightly better than our number one pick, which we are going to get to in a while. I. think... We didn't score it as high because you've taken some some marks off in, in a in a fine fashion. You, we can be critical. Yeah. I think that this watch is probably one to one objectively slightly better than our number one pick. That's a spoiler.
0: It's super. I mean, it, yeah, it's a spoiler. There's a lot of there's a lot of similarities there, but when the, when it comes down to the design decisions, and maybe that's where the issue is. Yeah, the our number one watch speaks to me more in the design decisions that were made.
1: Andrew. Your highlight pick, which I've scored slightly lower,
0: the notice sector dive.
1: Great, and I'm a, I'm the owner of I. You, I, you own a I notice own sector this, and,
0: product, and we this are market. the. I mean, the reason for the season, as it were.
1: Yeah. Sector it, dive, and, gets, and if you a, if you don't know that reference, uh, Wes and Colin have are, are good friends of ours. And they have told us, and they've said live on this show, as well as other shows, that you're listening to an episode of Forty and Twenty regarding skin divers was their chief inspiration in designing this watch.
0: Their realization that there was a, a place in the market ripe for exploitation. So, sector dive, hundred meters of water resistance, which in in this category, you losing a point is hard.
1: It, this is the only is, watch on my list that doesn't oh no there's one other that loses a point for
0: yeah there's one other, it's the khaki
1: yeah yeah the khaki scuba
0: but losing a point's hard because this is a really tight race i mean the the spread between like the true competitors and you know the the duds right like the mdvs for me the mdb 106 scores a 42 but generally we're looking at like 57 to 63 mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. These watches are all really close because they're specked out, right? So losing a point right up front is big. Size is right. I gave it an eight for its movement. You kind of contested the NH uh, score of eight, but I I think when you look at the scale, serviceability, reliability, I'm comfortable also with an eight. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not. That, that's that's really the big difference between us right I I because you don't give an NH 35 and 8 you give an sw Ever. you give an SW 208 I those are in the way of scoring for me, those are comparable movements. I understand there's differences but when you're looking at longevity, serviceability, accessibility, price, those are all things that matter and, and, and balance them y- out. Y- you're not alone in your thinking yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, where are we next? Uh, an eight for the bracelet. I really like notices bracelets. I, I like their, just the whole suite. And one thing that I like about them is they're constantly improving on things. Yeah. They absolutely. have a problem. They're like, Oh, I'm going to make that better. Like you, you could buy a watch today buy the same watch in three months and it might be slightly different and slightly better. An eight for aesthetics, a seven for its durability, five for its loom, very much like the loom application decisions. And it got a five for X factor because we uh, are the sole reason that it exists.
1: Perhaps not the sole reason, but certainly certainly the driving factor, yeah.
0: Yeah, when we were the, we were the engine. Yeah, I don't know that there's
1: a lot that we need to say about yeah. this watch. Um, so where this loses points for me so you scored this a 60 i scored it a 58 Uh, it only loses points in the movement now we we were off on a number somewhere else oh in in x factor and yeah. there's there's some other places too i scored this thing really highly in some places in fact i scored it one higher on the bracelet you did than you did i mm-hmm. gave it a 9 because of that nodex clasp so i've got a 10 10 where it comes down and, and let me talk you let me let me talk you folks through my my movement Rubric. So I I've, for for these basic B automatic movements,
0: I've got a setup,
1: and and I don't even have to think about you it.
0: Do you have a system?
1: So for an NH movement or an F69 Orient movement, it's a six. I want to be able to give the Orient movement more than a six, but it is so close. It's slightly more accurate than an H, but it's they're so close. These are your heavily 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 streamlined manufacturing process um they make a ton of these they're not ornamented and they're both chunky and right?
0: they don't have to be serviced because they're so inexpensive you just buy a new one and <laughs> drop the bitch in that that's right so i give i give an
1: nh movement and an f69 movement a six okay. i give a miota movement a seven miota the miota 9 series movements are phenomenal i've used a miota in my own watch I think they're wonderful values. At, you know, at Cost, I can get these things at like 65 bucks, which is a fantastic value. They're super thin. They are crazy thin. incredibly thin. I think I give the Swiss movements the ETA 2824 2 and the SW201 slightly higher grades. They're less noisy. Um they're just as ubiquitous, probably more so.
0: They're thicker. Uh, no,
1: no, just just by the slightest margin. I mean, they're they're all essentially the same thickness, and and, and so I so you
0: agree that they should be scaled scored the same.
1: I, I probably, <laughs> on balance, prefer the Swiss movements because you don't get that rotor noise. I I don't mind the rotor noise, but it's annoying.
0: The rotor noise in an NH is like
1: the Miota, yeah, oh, yeah the Miota, the Miota 9. yeah, yeah. And, and so I I knock it down just a point for that. So I get. six on the nh on the 4r movements i give a seven on the miota movements the nine series and i give eights on the 2824 and sw200 what do you give solar i give a solar a seven
0: my eco drive seven spring drive
1: nine perhaps ten
0: what's your difference between like a just a run-of-the-mill quartz and a hack
1: uh an a hack? Like a high accuracy quartz. Oh a high accuracy quartz would be an eight. Okay. Uh run of the mill quartz is usually a five. A nicer Ronda quartz is a six or a seven, depending on how nice it is. Okay. Mecha quartz is probably like a, VK. a seven or an eight, depending on which VK. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of know where to slot everything and I th- I feel justified, but obviously th- there's some there's some room to argue and, and I accept your arguments regarding the NH um versatility durability replaceability uh i just don't i just don't comply with that so that's really the difference between these watches i give the sector dive lower scores on x factor because i think it's one of the least interesting watches in notices lineup um however like durability i give this thing a nine because i've worn the shit out of this and it's just a super durable watch that might be a little bit high, but I, I'm in there. I give it a seven because I don't think it's the most elegant or beautiful watch in their selection. So I'm giving it very high marks for bracelet, uh, and I'm just moving things around, but we're pretty close there. So mm-hmm. Sector Dive, man, 100 meters, which is you, you know obviously the least amount of water resistance on our list, but it's fine, and it's good, as our scoring rubric in indicates.
0: In the, in the heart and soul of a skin diver, That's what you need. That's it. Your 100-meter dive watch.
1: That's right. Next. Yes. We're going to get to four, and we're going to start. So these are our consensus picks. This is the start of our consensus picks, which means each of these scored above 60 on both of our lists. These are, for each of us, the four highest watches on our list. You heard the
0: list.
1: In sequence.
0: Yeah. That's actually, I mean, that's a little surprising to me that there wasn't the same variability and,
1: and and these these dive watches really you get you get into a flow here and there's it's hard to differentiate these I mean in some ways these are really actually pretty objective ratings we joke about that but so with an average score of 61 and just a little bit more we didn't do the math because it was it was annoying
0: because you uh, use partial points <laughs> 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 like I think it deserves a third of a point. Tras- and this one gets a gold star, too. <laughs> Fuck.
1: <laughs> the Traska Free Diver.
0: Yes. So, this is also a boring watch. Boring. Yeah, it's a boring watch. Boring. But, but here's, here's what Did
1: it lose points for being boring anywhere on your list? Mine lost points on X-Factor. I only gave this a three, which is a fairly low X-Factor score because it's boring.
0: Uh, it would have if it didn't have the hardening. Yeah. So it got a four for X-Factor. I
1: gave it points in other places for the hardening, got, so that it, it all got, balances. It got
0: points in a couple of places for the hardening. So here's the thing. The, the free diver is boring, but it's not a sub ripoff. And it's not bad boring either. No, it's simple boring. Boring it's, is it's, good. It's sophisticated boring. But everything works. Every, and we've talked about this with Draska. Their design is so deliberate and simple everything is there for a reason i i tell you i we talked about this maybe last week or the week before i've like done things intentionally to try to mar <laughs> right. the commuter and have not been able to do so
1: i feel like this is a theme of our show we've talked about it multiple episodes
0: because it's phenomenal it's amazing their yeah. hardening is terrific it's well-sized it comes in date and, and no date options for those of us who would prefer no date. Super Luminova, a 9039 movement, it, it, sapphire crystal. It's all the things you want in dive watch. Yeah. With none of the frill, none of the tool watch ap- appearance.
1: None of the pomp or circumstance. Well, it's
0: got pomp and circumstance, you know. Yeah, it's it got, sure does. It's got sapphire. It's got the the... Fully articulating links, like it's got some things, like just some some nice little little touches.
1: So we didn't need to go through this category by a category.
0: Ceramic, I mean, it's got all the things.
1: We don't need to go by you know line by line, but but let's talk about some notable categories. So uh, this has, I I gave this an eight and a half for bracelet, <laughs> and you and you don't like that, but uh, the reason I gave it an eight and a half is because that bracelet is an eight bracelet. I gave it an eight. It's an eight bracelet for me, but when you add the perlage on the clasp, the the scissor portion of the clasp, yes. and you add that that sh- that coating, it, it's like well, it's an eight bracelet, yes, but it's better than an eight.
0: This this bracelet, but it's also not a nine. Yeah,
1: a Manta bracelet's a nine.
0: It holds in comfort to me.
1: A Halios bracelet's a nine. Yeah. And so it can't be, it's not better than that, but it's better than an eight too.
0: Yeah. I accept that, that, that assessment. I gave it an eight because it's an eight bracelet. It's super comfortable. It's well finished. It, it's super comfortable. It's as, it's as comfortable as my Monta bracelet. Yeah. But it's not as good. Yeah. And I can't tell you why.
1: Yeah. It's not as good. Yeah. It's just not as good. It's not as good a bracelet. It's, it's a, a budget bracelet.
0: But it, it's a 20 to 16 hardened perlage on the scissor it's just it's got the details it's got the things that make it so you for those of us who care like oh this is super intentional yeah there's nothing about this that's just like okay just throw it on
1: for durability i give this a nine which is realistically it's the highest it's the highest score on my list and there's several of these watches that get a nine but it's a nine it's a nine it's a nine X Factor. I only give this thing a three because it's boring, but it still winds up being my fourth highest scoring mm-hmm.
0: watch, and it gets a four for me because the hardening is unique in this space. We yeah. see hardening throughout watches.
1: Are we ready to say the Traska Free Diver is just a totally spectacular and amazing watch?
0: We should. I mean, everything Traska is doing. It's six hundred bucks.
1: It, it is not the most expensive watch on this list by a wide margin.
0: It's it. Uh,
1: this falls squarely yeah. in this falls squarely in the world of affordable entry level yeah entry level micro brand watches and it's one of the
0: best it's and it's very much for me a go anywhere do anything if you want a bezel like a rotating bezel yeah I, I if, if for my money I go some to your commuter but you know whatever all right. We need to go to the next watch.
1: Let's pull the Band-Aid off here because I'm a little nervous about this one because I feel a little sheepish. I'm not nervous. I feel a little sheepish.
0: And I think it's reasonable that you feel a little sheepish. Just a caveat, right? This watch
1: (laughs) was designed by one of the people who crafted this objective watch rating scale. Let's just get this out of the way. Yeah. Coming in at number three on our list is a watch that's available right now for purchase for $500 at fosterwatches.com. The Foster 11 Atmos Skin Diver. Andrew, please, can you introduce and tell us about your decision-making on this watch? Oh, quickly. 62 and 62 on, on, oh no, 63 on my list and 61 on your list. Yes. For an average score of 62. Yes. The third highest dive watch under $1,000.
0: So I'm willing to accept that we're biased. But here's the thing. Here's the... The spec list is on par with everything else on the list. Okay? So 11, I have to find my... My list is quite long, so I have to, like, find where it is. There it is. Perfect water resistance. And here's why. <laughs> Not perfect. Better than perfect. It's got the gravy water resistance because it has 110 meters of water resistance. It's an 11. Perfect size. I Gets an eight for movement because that's where I score that movement at. Gets an eight for bracelet because I've worn this bracelet. I've worn this bracelet elsewhere in the world. I know this bracelet is exceptionally comfortable. It's easy to size. It fits well to the watch. The design, the, the design decision-making to pair the beads of rice to this watch. It's it's a lot like Jubilee, but yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm not looking at your watch. (laughs) I look down at something else. (laughs) It fits, it works. It makes sense. The aesthetics. I love the design. It's all the things that speak to me. Mm -hmm. The durability. It's got all the things. It fits everywhere. It's slim. It's discreet. It's 316L steel. Yeah. yeah. And Better got, believe it. It's got an acrylic crystal. That shit will buff. Yeah. Five for loom. I really like the loom plot designs. And that's an important thing for me. It's not just what loom, right? Because everyone's using C3 or BGW9. Some people are using some combination, if you're using something else, you're doing it wrong. I've seen this loom in action. I like, I like the decision making with the loom. And then it gets an X Factor for five because it's super fucking cool. The R. Yeah, I mean, that's that was my scoring. You you we probably have some point differences it, somewhere.
1: But uh, yeah, not not many. Uh, you know, I, I think I scored it lower in some notable areas, right? I scored lower on movement. You gave it an eight for movement, I give it a seven for movement. This is a seven movement. I've got a I I know where it slots. I slotted in. I was fair. Uh Loom. You gave it a five for Loom. I give it a four for Loom. You, you know, this this is great Loom. But there's nothing special about it. It's it's just Loom. Everybody's I, doing I like Loom the, like this. I
0: like the way the the, the Loom plots. I <laughs> like the markers that are loomed.
1: You better believe I like it too. Uh <laughs> I felt sheepish about this when I first wrote it down. And this is the difference between our scores. Or one of the differences between our scores. For aesthetics, I was like, well, where do I rate this thing? Is it fair for me? And I think I initially wrote down on aesthetics. I think I initially penciled in a nine. So it's a really, it's a really. And I was like, no, this is a fucking 10. And you know how I know? Because I designed exactly the best looking watch I could possibly imagine. And so for me, objectively, this is a 10. This is the best-looking watch that's ever been made, people, in terms of aesthetics. That's that's obviously silly. I appreciate everybody letting me take the piss on that. But look, it, it otherwise hits the marks. Our list was made long before this watch was even a figment of my imagination.
0: This watch and this list and this scoring scale informed your decision-making for this.
1: That's absolutely right. So... <laughs> It, the watch was custom made for the objective watch list uh i yes. gave it a five on x factor it's one of two fives on my list the other one not making our top five our top six was the mdv106 the only other five on my list for x factor so uh uh obviously taking some liberties uh with that said i don't
0: think it's taking liberties because here's some here's a couple of cool things and if we haven't talked about foster enough this isn't a f- well, no, the show <laughs> is kind of sponsored by Foster. Here's the thing. You have Sweat equity. You you have a case that is a case back recessed into the case to allow for your case shape and maintain your thinness. Right? That's not revolutionary, but it's unique. Viva. But then you have a revolutionary bezel technology that you didn't invent yourself. In fairness. But that was developed for sort of application in your watch. That's dope. Yeah. It's weird, it's different, and everything makes sense. That's a 5 and X factor. I love it. I'm not going to give it a 10 in aesthetics because there's some (laughs) end link issues that I can't uh, over overcome (laughs) dick also some dial color choices that just like somehow didn't come to fruition
1: number two on our list yes coming in at a combined score of 62.5 is a watch that
0: presently is a little
1: difficult to buy
0: it is but you know what this this watch needed to be discussed
1: and also, I have it on good, I have it on good information that this watch is coming back. In addition to this watch coming back, there'll be a new version that's going to be significantly different. But our number two watch is the Astron Banks out of Chicago, Andrew Perez, Astron Banks Sea Ranger. Holy shit, man! <laughs> it's
0: like, is that it? Okay, I,
1: I am. I, I miss this watch. I miss it being available. This, when it came out, was the bell of the ball. Mm-hmm. It is still today. I think along with only one other watch on, on our lists, the EMG Nemo, one of the most underrated watches ever, ever created the Astro and Banksy Ranger from the, the asymmetric case.
0: And so subtle about it too. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a marathon asymmetric case or a Benris or something. Yeah, right. It's not something weird, but it's asymmetric on purpose and it, works
1: kind of like a watch from another
0: brand foster (laughs) (laughs) who is a sponsor of today's show and it will be paying me directly
1: (laughs) (laughs) the astro banks (laughs) sea ranger i'll tell you andrew so uh, let me walk through my scores on this because um this is a special watch so so water resistant size obviously perfect marks yep movement we've got the we've got the SW200 it's an 8
0: also an 8 for me
1: bracelet i gave it an 8 that's mm-hmm. not the best score you can get on bracelet but it's pretty pretty damn good
0: it's a damn good bracelet
1: that's a damn good bracelet aesthetics i give this thing a 9 cuz i think it is so good looking i know not everybody loves the asymmetric case i'm here for it mm-hmm. and the second i saw that thing i was like that's one of the best looking cases i've ever seen
0: when I put it on, I was like, oh, man, I have to buy it.
1: Durability, we're getting top marks. This is sapphire everywhere. Yep. Top marks. Loom. The loom on this thing is insanely good. It gets a four because, practically speaking, that's the highest I'm giving it. Um, and, and X-Factor, I'm giving it a four, right? Mm-hmm. It, it needs something a little bit additional to get to that next space. But, I mean, these are basically perfect scores.
0: Yeah, and we're ex- existing in a space where one point is the difference. That's right. I Different. I love Andrew's design in this. I love the pop of color with the second hand. I love the asymmetric case and, and the way that the asymmetric case is almost shrouded by the bezel. So it, you don't immediately notice it.
1: Yeah, and the, the chamfer is kind of, it falls off yeah. from the case. So you don't really know it's there until you get it in your hands.
0: Yeah, everything about this was really, really deliberate, and I'm really excited for the next iteration.
1: All right, before we go to our top pick, I, I would like to talk about some honorable mentions. Andrew, is that okay? Mm-hmm. So, as we discussed in our sub one thousand uh, dollar, in our in our sub one thousand dollar episode, we've got uh, a, a couple of real budget bangers. The the MDV-106, the Casio MDV-106, doesn't get super high marks. I've got this at a 48, and I think you were pretty close I to was, that.
0: yeah, about there, 44, 46, something it, like that. Yeah.
1: And, and so this loses points. It loses points on movement. It loses points on strap, which is basically
0: non-existent. Um, it, throw it on a nylon, though, man.
1: It loses a point on loom, which is kind of weird in this space. Most of these watches have phenomenal loom. The MDV-106 loom is meh. At best. Um w- with that said, at 60 bucks, 50 or 60 bucks that you can pick these up at. There is no doubt in my oh, oh, and also a big one, size. This thing's a chunk, a monster. And so it loses points here for size. Uh, but that doesn't matter because even if it's it was a,
0: sized properly, it still wouldn't score well.
1: It's a big dive watch. It is a big dive watch. And and that's okay. It's okay to be a big dive watch. And so it loses points there, but everywhere else it's really rocking things. And for fifty bucks, I mean you you you'd be hard pressed to go any better. Yeah. The Kamisu, you ranked a Mako, I ranked a Kamisu. These watches are hard to distinguish. Kamasu's got sapphire. Mm-hmm. Mako doesn't. Um, but and the Kamasus the new ones at least have the F sixty nine movements. I'm not sure all the Mako's do. Um you know, The Kamasu's
0: less some less polish on it too, which I actually prefer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so fifty three for two hundred and eighty bucks. Mm-hmm. Dang, that's the best sub three hundred dollar watch, no doubt about it. We've talked about this. It's the best sub three hundred dollar dive watch. Yes, no doubt about it. If you're, if someone says I want a great dive watch for normal human prices, look at the Komatsu.
0: Yep, I scored the Scurf and Diver One really well. Yeah, it's because it banged in X Factor for me and loom because this is just this is a dive watch in the truest form yeah it's everything short of a dive computer yeah and i think i needed to mention it it didn't go that well on mine but but that's okay
1: um the king turtle the king Mm -hmm. turtle gets a 52 on my list but that is with a two score on the size Given a perfect score on size, which argue, there's an argument to be made that the King Turtle is a perfect dive watch size. Yeah. This is a 60. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it becomes, for 500 bucks, one of the best dive watches you can buy. Same with the Avalon, right?
0: Oh, yeah, the Avalon.
1: Avalon loses five points for size and still gets a 57. Give it those five points.
0: I'm at a 56. With its size loss. But if you give its five size, if you bring it down a couple millimeters.
1: All of a sudden, we're at 61 and 62, and we've got a top five watch. Yeah. Top six watch. Uh, So I think that's really our honorable mentions. Anything else you want to throw in there?
0: Mm. No.
1: So without further ado, Andrew, we agreed... At under a thousand dollars, this is the objectively best dive watch that you can buy ever, but actually today.
0: Unanimously.
1: Unanimous top pick, of both of our lists is. I wish I had a drum roll thing on the do we have one? No, no, I don't have this though.
0: That's different.
1: <laughs> Number one pick, consensus, all American ish british christopher ward c60 trident pro 300 specifically for our purposes the 40 millimeter version mm-hmm. but important to note there's also a 38 and a 42 yes on a bracelet a thousand fifty dollars today not quite under a thousand dollars
0: not on a bracelet you're coming in under a thousand
1: that's right that's right objectively the best with a combined score of 63.25 owing to Andrew's 63 and my 63 and a half. And I can explain my half point. I give I'm, that to you, movement. I give that to movement. This is using an SW200-1, but it is a decorated, beautiful, lovely 200-1. And it
0: remained at an eight for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so basically one-to-one across the board, Tell me about this watch.
0: It, so we got to see these in person in October. In the act. And I knew this was going to be good. I didn't. I, I knew it was going to be good. And I knew it was going to be good. Did we see it in October? No, we saw the Aquitaine in October. Was it? No. No, we saw this in New York. Were, yeah. 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 I don't know. Well, there was a lot of watches there. But um <clears throat> I remember knowing it was going to be good and then holding it and being like, how do they do it? Like Christopher Ward is doing something so special in this affordable space. And I think that like they are one of the driving forces in what has redefined affordable watches for me. I think two brands have really done that Monta and Christopher Ward. Because they're doing things that are consistent with luxury watch brands in the like $2,000 yeah. and m- much higher playing space. Yeah. And they're doing it for, you know, Montes hanging around that $2,000 range, but they're also doing things. at They're punching out of their league also. Yeah. And Christopher Ward's m- more, out attention,
1: more attention, more mm-hmm. attention to the, to the, Aesthetic details in Monta and
0: they're you know, they're they're doing things that are from other watch brands, know, three and four thousand yeah. dollars. Hands and markers and these <clears> things <throat> that some people don't care about.
1: That's fine if you don't, but they're really, really good.
0: Christopher Ward is doing something at a thousand dollars that other brands are doing at 225, $2, yeah, hundred dollars. And I was just blown away. I was like, okay, I get it. I want it. It's number one. It's beautiful. It's Gorgeous. simple. It's well thought out. Their design team is killing it. And then it's specced. And then all the things that you know that you want, it has, it's got a great bracelet. I love Christopher Ward's bracelets. And yeah. when they decided to do a more significant taper rather than 20 to 19.99 Evan, 20 to 18 is not a taper (laughs) yeah when they did when they unrolled their 16 and a half or whatever their their greater taper i was i was like i was like oh well i don't know what else you can do to make this better
1: we've been vocal critics of Mm -hmm. the lack of taper in Christopher ford (laughs) Uh, going so far as to call mike france out to it on it to his face on our show on the air,
0: and they weren't blind to it. They knew, and yeah. they were developing the yeah. remedy. Yeah, it was a it was unbeknownst a, to us. Yeah, that was a bit of a ballsy move on our part, <laughs> <laughs> but we did it. And Mike's like, "Yeah, no, that's you're you're correct in that, and we're we have something in the works." Yeah, I don't have. I I don't really know what else to say about this watch.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, between the light catcher case. Light catcher, it's light catcher, right? That's yeah. I'm making a scene between the light catcher case and the phenomenal bracelet technology. It, you, you really, I, I mean, there's more than meets the eye with these bracelets too, with their with their hinge technology and their pivot technologies.
0: Um, there's a lot going on here. Their quick it, adjust is, it is the only bitch I have with their quick adjust is. Um, when I think quick adjust, like in terms of functionality, like for my for my purposes, it's totally fine. For dive purposes, it's not great. You should be able to manipulate your quick adjust from the exterior of the clasp. And and and, and, but and I wouldn't it, like
1: that. And, and in <laughs> fairness to 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 the folks that are detractors of this clasp, because there are there are some. It's a big clasp. I know They're Mike long, yeah. Mike Rizak of Worn and Wound, formerly of Watch Clicker, formerly of Tempest Fugit now at Worn and Wound, good friend of mine, good friend of yours. But Mike yeah. Razak is pretty critical of this clasp because of its length.
0: Because he has a- his little baby wrists.
1: <laughs> and that's a fair criticism. It's a long clasp, and that's not going to work for everybody. It's not
0: monta long, though.
1: It- it, I think it's uh, if it's not the same it's a, it's about the same
0: I'm not going to retrieve them but I don't feel like it's as long as the clasp.
1: with with that said with that said it works for me and so I don't have that objection but it's worth noting that it works it's there
0: and it works for me too and I have um I've super round wrists yeah you've got cylinder wrists yeah I have tubes between my <laughs> my hand and elbow um and it works for me yeah and we wear you know within the quarter inch same. Yeah, bracelet size, and so I, I I don't I mean I think that they're
1: as close to perfection as at under a thousand dollars as you're going to get,
0: and more than you could ever reasonably expect. And I put this on par. I put
1: this on par for my wearing experience with Manta, with an Ocean King or whatever, right? And in fact, because of the size at forty millimeters, I probably slightly prefer this.
0: Mm-hmm. And you can get it in a thirty-eight. Yeah. That's right. That's right. If you if you want to size down, I, I I do have some issues with dimensions at 38 in in just the the designs choices that they made. But, yeah,
1: they they did make some interesting choices,
0: yeah. But if, I think at 40 it's perfect. Agreed. The 42 is obviously it's a bigger than I want. The 38, just the dimensions are just a touch off from what I'd want. It's clear that it was designed to be a 40 millimeter watch, but they wanted to expand the line and they did a good job of it, right? This is super nitpicky stuff. Yeah. Cause if this watch only came out in 38, I would be just as excited about it. But because I have options, I can complain about the ones I don't like. Yeah. This one's too hot. And this one's too cold. This one's just right.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, we, we have ordained, I think at this point, Christopher Ward, the king of the sub $1,000 space, many times over. And once again, here they are at the top in the throne. C60 Trident Pro 300, n- notably the new release, not the 600. The 600 is a wonderful watch. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the new release Trident Pro 300 from Christopher Ward. Check it out. If you don't know, now you know.
0: Andrew you didn't know, I don't know where you've been. Andrew, I think we did it. As we're known to do. <laughs> 220 <laughs> sometimes. 23, I think now. I think today's 23, yeah. Andrew,
1: other things. What you got?
0: So a moment ago.
1: <laughs> just, you've just now come up with this. A moment ago, I was like, man, we're done.
0: No, we're not. And it occurred to me, it's like, I, I have another thing. I just know what it's going to be. I watched a short series on that's available on Netflix. It's not new. Uh, it's four episodes. Chef's Table Barbecue. Oh, yeah. And I've never watched that chef's table before. And I want to talk about just one episode. And, and forgive me because I am uh, just now recalling that I needed to have another thing prepared. <laughs> it's episode one. And it highlights Fire Door in Australia. And Fire Door is a super unique restaurant. And they tell the backstory of the chef who founded this restaurant. And he you know, he he kind of has a, a pretty common chef's story, right? I love food. I got really obsessed with this thing. I loved ingredients, so I wanted to go find the best person to do it. And then I went and I worked with this guy, and he really inspired me. And then I needed to go out on my own. There's a lot more to his story, and it's, it's, it's really a, it's a beautiful story. But that's the broad brush. It's the broad brush. The broad brush is pretty typical. But his... So what he realized was that his passion was cooking with fire. Me too. Um In, in the most extreme sense of the word. <laughs> and I don't mean like blowtorch fire. I mean like every aspect of the fire from coal to smoke. So he opens it to, They tell the story of this endeavor of him to find a place to... Open his restaurant and to custom fabricate all of his cooking implements and his grills and his ovens because nothing in his restaurant isn't cooked over wood fire or by wood fire. So, whether it be scooping coals into the bottom of something to burn off and smoke, every single thing that's served in that restaurant is cooked from a wood fire. Every
1: piece of harvested living creature served in that restaurant is cooked
0: every vegetable, every pastry. By deforestation of a rainforest. Yeah, but it's Australia. They have tons of tons of available timber. Totally. It was like as I was watching this, I was like. I'm moving to Australia. (laughs) I'm going to go work for this guy who's like kind of weird. Hear me
1: out snakes and spiders. And, oh, like and other, all of the deadliest things. things
0: on the planet live yeah. in Australia. Yeah. Right. And I, I've lived in the South where a lot of things can kill you. It doesn't, it pales in comparison to Australia. Correct. I'm clearly not going to move to Australia to be a line chef <laughs> or <a> line cook <laughs> at fire door, but it was just this really beautiful story. It was really fascinating because it was unique, right? You, you see a lot of these shows and it's like kind of the same humdrum like oh yeah you know i was inspired by french cooking and then i said i'm gonna cook in spain and i went to spain and was just inspired by spanish cooking and then i decided to you know tap into my thai roots and started a (laughs) restaurant it was spot like spanish thai fusion it's like okay cool like that looks really good i like your story it's certainly interesting but his was unique in that it was like i don't i i just want to cook with fire like with wood fire and that's it it was interesting the rest of the series is good they highlight a um fella in south carolina who is doing uh still actively doing uh whole hog roast like in the super traditional learned it from his dad who learned it from his dad who learned it from his dad whole hog roasts and he's got a you know kind of the story of tragedy and, and overcoming it and coming back. I mean, all these sure. people that they, they find the people who have these stories. That's why it seems like every famous chef or, you know, James Beard chef has these right. stories because that's, that's who they find to highlight. They do, a uh, an episode, which is also really cool of, um, uh, Mayan people. Oh, uh, yeah,
1: the who are living in fantastic. like, who are
0: living in like still traditional Mayan fashion uh, which prompted me to look up some of their recipes and was like, I can do that in a Crock-Pot. It's not going to be as good, obviously, but I, mean, <laughs> I can do that shit in a Crock-Pot. Yeah. Um, but it was, so Chef's Table Barbecue, It it's a winner. It's, it's kind of, it, Chef's Table is not the typical chef show. It's the kind of travel channel, like, like heartfelt story. Yeah. Definitely telling. artsy. Yeah. It, it, you,
1: you get a lot of like, like uh, wide aperture, wide video aperture, shooting.
0: like single person kind of teary eyed and with their kitchen in the background kind of stuff. But it, I loved it. I will watch it again and I will probably watch it again after that. Yeah. Yeah. But I loved it. Chef's table barbecue. Check it out. It's four episodes. They're like an hour long each ish. So it's not a big time investment. If you're only going to watch one, watch episode one, highlighting Fire Door. And if you ever find yourself in Australia and uh, you're going to be there for six months, make a reservation so that you can go six months out because that's how long it takes. I did look it up. <laughs> they're open for three hours a day, four days a week, which is kind of makes sense given that they're born, burning. Their processes like, are so. And they're burning in an enormous fire for those three hours, like really the whole day. Like, so basically for four days, the building is on fire. So it's, I imagine there's a safety concern there. <laughs> well,
1: I've got another thing, Andrew, and I didn't even come up with this last minute. I was pre-prepared.
0: Oh yeah. You came loaded. I know this thing. Do me
1: pre pre lubed, uh, for, for this. That's how I like it. Uh, so uh, obviously we have come to this watch world, in part because of our love for photography, which for both of us has developed as we got into photography. I think you and I both sort of struggle with photography and motivation and, and wanting to take pictures versus... Because
0: we'll take so much better pictures than we do.
1: <laughs> so I have for a long time been a Nikon shooter. So I shot for many, many years... A Nikon D7100, and then I upgraded to a Nikon D7200, which was an incremental upgrade. In 2017, Nikon released the D7500. So so just some context. The Nikon D7000 series is an APS-C. It's an APS-C, meaning a crop sensor camera. Which is a smaller sensor than a quote unquote full frame sensor. So if you talk about like a D850 or whatever, these are their full frame cameras, certainly like a D5 or, you know, a a crop sensor is a smaller sensor and there's some limitations, but the technology is very good today. Anyway, I've just, I've long decided I'm a Nikon crop sensor, APS-C shooter. So I've had a, a number of these cameras. Uh, I think two years ago, I finally upgraded my D7200 to a D7500. And the primary reason was Bluetooth capabilities. I was feeling frustrated that I couldn't transfer photos from my camera to my phone easily. And so I got this 7500. I spent not a lot of money on this. I think it's like 800 or 900 bucks, brand new in box. And so I got a D7500 and I love it. It is a phenomenal camera and I've got a lot of fantastic dx apsc crop sensor glass for it mm-hmm. really good lenses i've got the best crop sensor lenses as well as some full frame lenses um prime my primes are mostly full frame but they work just fine you just have a, a you know longer yeah. effective length uh so i've got this nike the pro this is not the biggest camera it's not like d5 size or whatever it's not a huge journalist camera
0: yeah you don't have like a shoulder harness double shoulder with a mount right <laughs> that brace
1: that's right I, I mean certainly but it's it's just big it, it's a big serious camera and especially if i put my like uh 18 to 55 you know, big Nikon professional glass on it. It, it winds up being a giant camera. It's,
0: you need a tripod.
1: It, it's not pocketable in any stretch of, by any stretch of the imagination. It's, you can't really fit it in your briefcase. I mean, this is, a, you need a dedicated bag for this if you're going to carry it. Uh, or you put it over your shoulder and you've got this giant thing. It, it's just not portable. This is not a convenient camera, but it is my camera of choice and I love it. But I've recently been struggling with the idea of taking pictures on the go. I've got a couple other cameras. And the one that's been calling out to me the most is this little tiny sensor, kind of crappy camera from 2013. It's a Fujifilm. It's not... An APS-C Fuji. It's a smaller sensor than that. It's a 1 over 2.33 inch sensor. That's so,
0: what you got that Fuji for, was to be your briefcase camera. That's
1: right. That's right. So this is my briefcase camera. It has been calling out to me mostly because of the form factor. There, This camera, however, does not transfer via Bluetooth. It doesn't have a Wi-Fi. It doesn't have Bluetooth. And, and I'm kind of a knucklehead sometimes, right? And I just don't think through things. I this week was reading about this camera and 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 also looking at other cameras. That there's there's another other thing that I'm <laughs> I'm going to leak on another thing uh or tease another thing I should say because that's coming up. Uh but I have been carrying this camera. It it doesn't shoot phenomenal pictures. The the sensor is, you know, all modern digital sensors are good in in the grand range of all things being good, this is on the low end of those capabilities. It is Essentially, a very well built, slightly better sensor digicam. This is a point and shoot. Yeah, it's got a a, a fixed lens, but it zooms from twenty eight to one hundred five. I think it, it's got a it's it's a wonderful camera. I love it. I love shooting it. I love carrying it. It feels good. It looks good, uh, but it doesn't take the best pictures. Um, and, and so that's the tease. With that said, it, it's so convenient that it's hard to argue against carrying it. But the transfer thing was bothering me. I don't want to get out my computer and then transfer things to my computer to my phone. And, and I'm reading about cameras and someone's like, I'm reading a forum about, you know, wireless SD cards. They used to make these Wi-Fi wi- uh, SD cards that in and of themselves connect to your network. But these things have gone the way of the Dodo. That's you can a cool s- thing. It, it is cool.
0: But there's better technology to...
1: They were problematic, and they basically stopped making them. You can still find them, but they're outrageously expensive—like four hundred bucks for a sixty-four. You know, you know, it just doesn't make sense. Because it's a novelty;
0: it's like a collector's item. That's
1: right. Nobody's really using these, and I am like, "Well, where do these things go?" Well, everybody's using SD card readers, and it turns out Apple makes a dedicated SD card reader for the iPhone, and it's like thirty bucks, twenty-eight something.
0: It, I'm looking.
1: And you 28
0: dollars p- 28.99 on the Amazon.
1: You plug it into your goddamn phone via the lightning port. You stick the SD card in, and the shit's there. It's just there. You, It's just there. You click the photos you want to import. You import them. It takes zero time. And I don't know why I have been overthinking this.
0: I'm surprised you didn't know that was a thing. I know. I have multiples of that.
1: That is dongle. so dumb. It is so dumb. I finally figured it out. I got one of these things. And I have been taking so many more pictures because all of a sudden it's opened my world.
0: Oh, and you can dump your SD card every day.
1: That's right. Oh, my gosh. It has been the most important thing in my desire to take photos that I can ever remember. Maybe, Maybe the only other thing I can think of is getting my first sort of low... Uh, you know, low f stop, wide aperture, prime lens. You know that first 1.450, my Sigma, and I was like, oh my god! You know, like every beginner camera, the first right. time you see that that bocalicious yes. like separation. Like, oh my god! What? Like, what? That's not what it looks like. <laughs> this has been a similar level of joy for me, being able to take pictures in this old stupid Fuji stick the damn card into my phone and instantly transfer them is just completely changed the way I think about taking pictures. My It's reinvigorated my desire to take pictures. I, it, I guess this is not another thing that is going to shock many of you, but for those of you who do feel shocked by this revelation, go buy one. Go buy one right now. There's an Amazon link in the show notes. We're not affiliates. It's stupid. We need to be. We don't get any money from it.
0: I don't know how to get... I don't think we could produce enough traffic to get an affiliate link.
1: <laughs> just go freaking buy one of these because holy shit, it has... And, and, it, and it opens up my world. Every time I look at cameras, I'm like, well, that's a cool camera. Everybody loves it, but also no Bluetooth. So I probably shouldn't buy it because I won't use it. <laughs> I know. I know. This is... The, I, I mean, look, this is real life. This sounds really stupid and you can make fun of me if you want. And I don't just mean you. I also mean you at home. But... <laughs> it's a real thing, right? This is a struggle for me. And, and so, I'm so now glad you
0: solved that problem. That's been solved for a decade. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, I got one of these things when I got the first generation iPad in like 2012,
1: I know, man. Okay. I don't know what to say. Okay. It's been an important thing for me though. I mean, really, I got one of
0: these for my camera to put photos onto my iPad with the first generation iPad. I
1: cannot overstate how much (laughs) this has affected me. It's crazy.
0: This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen a smart person. I know. Just like, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I know. That's a weird knowledge gap. It's you know and if you if you It's so
1: obvious too. I saw this thing yeah. and I was like does that that can't possibly work, right?
0: Just cuz it's so simple and, and it so makes s- perfect sense. That's
1: exactly right. I was like this is so simple yeah. that if this worked I would have done it before, right?
0: Surely. Sh- surely. <laughs> and for those of you who are also having a a moment in uh in revelation. Yeah. It this it's there. Yeah, we have cameras that talk to phones, but we don't.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm look, sorry. This look, like, it, it, It's guys. It's silly. You can,
0: here's here's another here's another one. You can use a. Uh, you don't have to have an air compressor or go to the gas station and put a quarter in. You can use the bike pump in your garage to inflate your car tires because air is air.
1: Can you actually do that? Can you get the psi's necessary? I mean, I've never tried it.
0: On your road bike, your PSI is probably like 80 to 110 pounds. Yeah. Your car is like 35. Yeah. Maybe go, 55. Go
1: figure. I've never tried it. That's, that's really, that's, I, here I am. I'm just dropping bombs right now. It's tremendous. I can't tell if you're being real. And I, I never even considered it.
0: You're being real.
1: Yeah. Never even considered it. Okay. I've got a really nice bike bump too.
0: <laughs> yeah. You got one with a Presta and a standard. Yeah. 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 No, you can inflate your, your car tires with a, with a bicycle pump, because it's way less PSI than your bicycle.
1: The more you know, rainbow with the twinkle and the the jingle.
0: We're, we're You know we're out here changing the world one other thing at a time. Everett, we've done it. Your other thing is uh, revolution. I'm sorry I'm making fun of you. I'm just shocked that you didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fair. It's like it. I, I'm <laughs> I hope everyone at home
1: can realize how genuine this is for me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm making fun of you for it. Hey, you guys, thanks for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20th Watch Clicker podcast. We need to check us out at our website, watchclicker.com. That's where we post every single episode of this podcast as well as weekly reviews and articles and other good stuff, watchclicker.com. If you want, you can check us out on Instagram at 40and20 underscore watch clicker or at watch clicker, of course. If you want to support what we're doing here and oh boy, we hope you do. This is expensive. You can do that at patreon.com slash 40and20. Hey, that is how we afford all of the hosting, all of the software, all of the hardware necessary to host a website and a podcast and to produce both things. Patreon.com slash 40and20. And also, don't forget to check us out next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like.
0: Bye-bye.